thank you for joining me, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So for the listeners not familiar with this case, when was Joe Gao fired as chancellor of UW-La Crosse, and what reasoning did the board provide? This happened last Wednesday evening. The Board of Regents met behind closed doors for about three hours and came out and announced they had fired the UW-La Crosse chancellor, Joe Gao, for abhorrent, reckless behavior. He had been found appearing in videos on several porn websites, and they said that he had caused the university significant reputational harm. It was specifically because of those videos that he was fired. That was the reasoning they pointed to. Well, I mean, they didn't lay out like in their statement that, you know, he had appeared in porn videos, but, you know, that's sort of where my research led me. And have you spoken to any of the regents? Have they elaborated at all on the decision? They met behind closed doors Friday, and that was, you know, an executive session, so they don't really say much about it, you know, and they just have released the one statement. I know UW System President Jay Rothman released another statement on Friday, sort of responding to what the former chancellor had said in a lot of different media interviews, which was that he felt he wasn't afforded due process and hadn't met with board members before they decided to fire him, and he thought he had the right, you know, under the First Amendment to write books and make videos, and he shouldn't have been fired for that. And is it true that he was just months away from his scheduled retirement? Yeah, he had announced back in August that he was planning to step down as chancellor at the end of this school year, so that would be in, in May of 2024. And then he, like all chancellors, you know, most all chancellors, I think, you know, when you're hired, you typically come from an academic background, and you're offered, you know, a position as a tenured professor. So he planned to use that other appointment that he had and return to teach at UW-La Crosse. He uh, studies in the field of, like, communications. And so he's still technically a tenured professor at La Crosse. Is that right? Yes, he is still an employee, although he is on paid administrative leave, and the UW system president has filed to initiate sort of a review of his tenured faculty status with the new chancellor, his successor. So what exactly was the timeline on his firing? My understanding is that he'd been posting videos for at least a year publicly. So do you know when exactly the board realized that this was happening? Yeah, the timeline has been interesting to figure out. I've talked to Dr. Gao, and he said he and his wife have been making these sorts of videos for nearly a year. But, I mean, they were they were private for most of his time, and it was only recently, like in the last two months or so, that they decided to make it less private and maybe put some of the videos on, like, free porn websites that weren't sort of behind a paywall. And they added their photo to their Twitter profile and their Amazon, like, author bio photo. So they made it more public, but like if you were just to search his name, it wouldn't show up. It was sort of under a different moniker, sexy, happy couple. So they shifted to making that part of their life be a little more public uh, in the past two months. And then the UW system spokesperson has told me they became aware of it the week of December 18th. And then that holiday week, the week of the 25th is when they voted to fire him. And you also reported that Dr. Gao had been reprimanded and denied a raise, along with one other system chancellor, when he invited a porn star to speak on campus. Do you have any more information about that? Yeah, that was five years ago, almost exactly five years ago. He invited a porn star, Nina Hartley, to speak on campus as part of this free speech week of events that he decided to launch that year. 
And there was a lot of blowback at the time. It was very controversial. Some people supported him and said, free speech on campus. You know, you should bring people that you don't agree with what they do or what they stand for, but they have the right to talk about their lives. And then there were others who said it was just very poor judgment of a chancellor to invite a porn star to speak on campus. And that was the UW system's perspective. So they reprimanded him. He lost a pay raise that year. And I think You know, in talking with him since that episode, I think he felt like he was sort of forced into apologizing for it and he doesn't regret it. So you mentioned you've you've recently spoken to him. Did he explain why he and his wife decided to start posting these videos? Did he have any specific reasoning for that? Yeah, I talked to him several times over the past week and... um, You know, his sort of explanation was he's heard for many years about UW leaders talk about, you know, free speech is important. And he kind of wanted, I think, to test that commitment. And, you know, he's told me I felt, you know, we could be a little more open about it and let's let's raise these free speech issues and and see how UW responds to them. So he and his wife, in a way, they wanted it to become public. Uh, You know, they've said they didn't think by gradually making it a little less private They didn't expect for people to find their videos so quickly, and they thought he would be long done with his chancellor position by the time it became national news. So he has discussed his interest in free speech rights, specifically on college campuses, pretty consistently. He's saying his firing infringes on his free speech. Can you explain more about that sort of interpretation of the law that he's bringing up? Yeah, I mean, he feels that what he and his wife do on their personal time, writing a book, producing, you know, video content, that's within their rights to do that from the board's perspective. You know, he has sort of two separate appointments. His appointment as chancellor was what's called a a limited appointment, and that means you're an at-will employee. There's a line in your contract saying, you know, if you behave in a way that brings adverse reaction to the university or it goes against our, you know, the university's interests, we can let you go. And that's, you know, what they've said in, in removing him from that position. I think terminating his tenured faculty status will be much more difficult and, and tricky. I don't know if the board will be open to firing him for that. So as it stands now, because of that at-will clause in the chancellorship position, would he really have any legal standing to sue the board if he wanted to? Yeah, it's a good question. I talked to three sort of free speech and sort of higher ed employment law experts. Two of them said he has really no case and the board has has the right to fire him as chancellor. And they said it's a lot trickier to fire him, you know, as a faculty member. The third expert I talked to was with a free speech rights kind of national organization. And they seem to think he may have a case, but, you know, they were talking to me like a day or two after the news broke. So like they said, you know, we kind of need to see what the evidence is there. But he said the, the, the case may have something to it. And did he express interest in pursuing legal action when the two of you spoke? He said he's contemplating a lawsuit and, you know, some lawyers or groups have reached out to him, you know, wanting to talk and maybe represent him. So I think he will be hiring a lawyer in the next week or two and we'll go from there. And so this brings up the wider question of free speech on college campuses across the country. So, for example, UW-Madison recently could do very little to condemn a student who posted a video using racial slurs online. What makes this case different? And have you seen similar cases of free speech for school staff, faculty crop up elsewhere in the state or the country? 
I think what makes this case so unusual is that living this sort of unconventional lifestyle, you know, is, is pretty unheard of for a higher education leader. You know, most academics are pretty traditional in, in how they approach things, and, and the former Chancellor Gao is not. But he is, you know, a leader of an institution. It just put the board in a, in a position where they had to make a decision, you know, a decision on that. But, but the more interesting, I think, question awaiting them is whether he should be fired as a, as a tenured faculty member. I've come across a few other, you know, sort of uh, cases where, you know, it's like a teacher who was found to be posting videos on OnlyFans or like a police officer posting videos of themselves like in uniform. You know, and those cases are sort of similar, but also not because they they were rank and file employees. They weren't like, you know, the police chief or the school superintendent. So this is different just because I think of the, the high profile nature of the position. I thought this quote sort of summed up how he's led the university in a very unconventional way. He said, you know, my feeling has been, let's try to be as honest as we can and open. It's a university. And then I was viewed as this, you know, kind of like, what's he doing? I think he's felt sort of like an outsider for a while because he does think differently than most higher education leaders would. And I thought that quote just sort of illustrated that. Thank you again for agreeing to speak with me, Kelly. Yeah, no problem. That was Kelly Meyerhofer, a higher education reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. She recently sat down with Joe Gao, ousted from his chancellorship at UW-La Crosse after the board discovered pornographic videos he's been posting online. Kelly says that Dr. Gao may pursue legal action soon, and should he be fired from his tenured professorship, it may strengthen his case. 